Hello and welcome to the Daily Post podcast. My name is Yuri Mello. I will be your host as I guide you through the most valuable and relevant emotional and psychological ideas. Ideas that will transform your perspective and enhance your personal life and relationships. Let's do this. This is episode number 16. Hello everyone. It's amazing to be here with you again, ready for another weekly challenge and ready for another shot of just wisdom and knowledge and experience that I've been able to gather through the over 16 years and thousands and thousands of people. One of my absolute favorite parts of my job as I sit across from people is to not only listen to their story, listen to the things that they have to tell me, sometimes things that they've never shared with anyone else, but I love to hear and listen to the content of people's thinking. In that respect, I'm a little bit like a cognitive scientist, right? I'm just, I constantly am listening to how people think, how they interpret the reality around them. I'm relentless when it comes to helping others recognize and fix their distorted thinking. And that's what we're talking about today, is I'm going to help you recognize your own distorted thinking, your own thinking errors that perpetuate our misery sometimes. Not because I'm a stickler, or because I have to have things my way, although that would be really nice sometimes, but because when you change your thinking, you change your life. And when you alter the way you interpret and communicate about life that is happening to you and around you, you change the way that things feel to you. So if you want to change the way you feel, hit deep, hit your beliefs, hit your thoughts, hit the things that you believe in and that you idealize inside of you. And then your your behavior and your feelings will ultimately change. Thinking errors or thinking distortions, I've thrown that out at you a little bit. All that they really are are common thinking patterns that our brain engages in for the purpose of protecting itself and its host. As you now know, our brain loves patterns. It loves to create shortcuts that then allow you to just repeat and do things over and over and over and over and over again, even if those things sometimes are not the brightest or even if they don't benefit us in some way. Our brain loves patterns, it loves to repeat, it loves to create patterns, and it loves to maintain patterns. And today I'm going to show you four or five patterns that you are likely engaging in or certainly have engaged in or that you engage in with your own kids, with your spouse, or that your spouse engages in with you. And perhaps by understanding these, you can recognize them in your own life and alter them and communicate in a more helpful and accurate way. So once again, that is what our brain engages you. And I'm going to mention the most prevalent ones with the understanding that as you clean up your sloppy and brainful, not mindful, but brainful, that means pattern-oriented, right? Thinking, you will indeed understand better, feel better, and ultimately do better. And isn't that our goal? Ultimately, guys, listen, like one of the purposes of this life is, man, we got to take care of ourselves. 
And we got to grow and we got to progress and we got to make some alterations and adjustments here and there. And that's what today is all about. And when you do that, you're going to feel better and you're going to be a blessing and an inspiration to those around you, which just absolutely matters. So anyways, without further ado, here are the five most common and probably most important thinking errors thinking errors that you need to be aware of. And number one is one of my absolute favorite ones. And my goodness, do we ever do this? Number one is mind reading. Oh my gosh, we are horrible. We are horrible mind readers. Let me tell you right now, if, if this is something that's new to you, you are not a mind reader. You're not a great person reader. You're not, you're just not. Even when you say and you think you are, oh man, I'm just a great person. I can just read people. No, you can't. We're horrible at it. And honestly, it's quite a relief to know that what I think people are thinking and feeling is most likely wrong. When I, but our insanity goes even further, right? I mean, we also assume that people know what we're thinking. I remember reading, um, I don't know if you guys have ever read uh, The Four Agreements. It's kind of a popular kind of self-help type book. But anyways, I kind of enjoy it as Miguel Ruiz wrote The Four Agreements. And he talks about this concept. And I even wrote down this quote so that I could share it. But he says, in any kind of relationship, we can make the assumption that others know what we think. And we don't have to say what we want. They're going to do what we want because they know us so well. If they don't do what we want, what we assume they should do, we feel hurt and think, how could you do that? You should know. Again, we make the assumption that the other person knows what we want. And a whole drama is created because we make this assumption and then we put more assumptions excuse me, on top of it. Our brain, our brain naturally attempts to read minds to protect us, really from further harm and pain. Unfortunately, this often creates more pain. And the purpose of this podcast is to, to help you to step out of this brainful existence or this brainful pattern into a more enlightened and mindful perspective. As you begin to watch your thoughts and the propensity that our brains have to engage in this pattern of mind reading, you will be able to respond to these thoughts in a mindful way, which may mean that you consider them, but never just assume that they're right because your brain is telling you that they are right. Stop mind reading today. Just make a commitment, for heaven's sakes, this day, that you will stop mind reading. Stop guessing what people are thinking. Stop mind reading. Instead, start asking questions. When you walk into a room and your brain fills up with thoughts and ideas about how others are judging you, watching you, thinking negative thoughts about you, just realize that your brain is doing that in some way because it thinks it's helping you. It isn't. It is not helping you. Remember that your brain isn't reading what other people are thinking, it's reading what you're thinking. It's reading your own insecurities. So begin to change these brainful patterns by mindfully soothing your brain and redirecting the energy it's utilizing in a more positive and productive way. You can do this by simply helping your brain shift from how am I being valued by others 
to how can I be valuable to others? Look at the change. It's so powerful here. Instead of how are others seeing me? How are they valuing me? What are they thinking about me? Which is totally powerless, right? We don't control that. We have no idea what people are thinking about us. Instead, think about how can I be valuable here? That's something that you're in control. That's something that you can do. And that's why it's so important. The first thought being a perfect invitation for the brain to engage in some mind reading, right? How are other people thinking about me? Or how do they value me? What do people think about me? The other is an invitation to mindfully engage in the positive creation of your life. How can I be helpful right now? How can I be helpful here? Stop mind reading and start listening. Stop mind reading and start asking questions. Stop mind reading and start being valuable. I hope that that shift will be helpful to you. Honestly, it'll be life-changing. And instead of you creating more anxiety and paranoia, you will actually engage in being helpful in your environment, not only to yourself, but to others. Okay, number two, one of my faves, black and white thinking, also called all or nothing type thinking. Now, our brain has a tendency to see things in extremes. It's either this or that. It's either good or bad. I'm either happy or miserable. It's either perfect or imperfect. You either love me or you don't. You either care or you don't. I either make it or I fail completely. And it's easy to see how this type of sloppy, brainful thinking can wreak havoc in one's personal and interpersonal life. This polarization of thought is oftentimes wrong. In fact, I would say many times it's wrong. When I notice and I hear, right, this type of thinking in the language of my clients, I begin to teach them to see the world within a spectrum or within a continuum. Seeing success within a continuum instead of a single point in space is more accurate. It's more empowering and can motivate us to move along that continuum. So instead of either being like, I'm either happy or I'm miserable, recognizing that between the happy and the miserable, there are a hundred points, a hundred places, and that we can move within that continuum is much happier. Recognizing that between our misery and our happiness is that full continuum of emotions can influence us and is mindful thinking and can encourage us because I can move from a three to a four to a five, but sometimes I can't move from a zero to a 10. Do you see what I mean by that? Individuals who struggle with anxiety or depression are especially prone to this type of thinking. Their perfectionistic tendencies or their thinking patterns often lead them to a very polarized existence and towards the unintended reinforcement of their depressive and anxious condition. Between he loves me and he loves me not is a significant range of emotions that also means something and that can be nurtured and built upon. The assumption that if I don't love something or someone at a level 10, then I must not love them at all and be at a level one is incorrect and hurtful. So realize that sometimes we are somewhere within that pattern, within that continuum, and that we can move little by little, step by step, instead of jumping from one to a 10. Or if I'm at a one, that must mean I'm at nothing. Or if I'm at a five, that means I'm at nothing because I'm not at a 10. 
So recognize these brainful tendencies to polarize and to think in black and white terms and begin to mindfully intervene by adding that full continuum that can be influenced, right, and nurtured in a positive way. Okay, number three, don't personalize things. When we personalize things, we take other people's behavior, feelings, thoughts, and make them about us. Honestly, that's a super egocentric perspective. Somehow we assume that we are at the center of other people's universe. Thus, we assume that what they do or don't do is about us. In addition, addition, people who fall into this brainful mindset of personalizing blame themselves for events that they have limited control over. The biggest problem with personalizing is the incredible amount of energy that individuals end up spending trying to control and manage things that aren't theirs to control. People who personalize have a tendency to be controlling of the environment and the people in their proximity. They do this to ensure that they themselves feel well because when others feel well, that must mean I'm doing well. When others are not well, well, then that must mean that I'm doing badly. When there's conflict, it must mean that I'm doing something wrong. Look, I'm not anti-responsibility. I'm fully aware that I'm constantly inviting and promoting things in my environment, and yet I cannot take responsibility for something that is not mine to own. People who personalize can sometimes be overbearing and constantly overmanaging. This is less of a critique of them or you and more of an observation. I don't hold it against you because I know that beneath that need to control is fear, anxiety, and sometimes insecurity. It's not fun for them to have to constantly manage everything and everyone, but to help you escape this type of brainful thinking and engage in a more meaningful, effective, liberating, and mindful type of thinking, we must be aware that there's a clear line that demarcates us from other people's actions, thoughts, and feeling. Yes, we impact them. And yet, I'm limited in my ability to fully own what is occurring. Instead of over-focusing on what other people are thinking, feeling, and doing, Focus instead on how you can invite and promote righteous, wholesome, and meaningful outcomes, recognizing that your invitations can only go so far. In the Four Agreements, once again, there's this great little quote, and I have it written here. It says, even the opinions you have about yourself are not necessarily true. Therefore, you don't need to take whatever you hear in your own mind personally. Don't take anything personally. Because by taking things personally, you set yourself up to suffer for nothing. When we really see other people as they are, without taking it personally, we can never be hurt by what they say or do, even if others lie to you. It's okay. They're lying to you because they're afraid. There's a huge amount of freedom that comes to you when you take nothing personally. You become immune to black magicians. And no spell can affect you regardless of how strong it may be. The whole world can gossip about you. And if you don't take it personally, you are immune. Someone can intentionally send emotional poison. And if you don't take it personally, you will not eat it. 
When you don't take the emotional poison, it becomes even worse in the center, but not in you. As you make a habit of not taking anything personally, you won't need to place your trust in what others do or say. You will only need to trust yourself and in the truth to make responsible choices. You're never responsible for the actions of others. You are only responsible for you. When you truly understand this and refuse to take things personally, you can hardly be hurt by the careless comments or actions of others. If you keep this agreement from the four agreements, you can travel around the world with your heart completely open and no one can hurt you. You can say, I love you, without fear of being ridiculed or rejected. And you can ask for what you need. Anyways, great tidbit of advice there by Miguel Reese in the four agreements. Okay, we're on to number four. Stop overgeneralizing. Generalizing is one of the classic brain, brain issues. Once again, a prime example of how the brain works. This specific thinking distortion is a brain shortcut that can sometimes be pretty helpful and other times cause ourselves and those around us, especially those that we love, a tremendous amount of misery. When we overgeneralize, we take one event or even several events and label it and make a broad statement about it, right? These statements are easy to pick it up, to pick up in others and somewhat more difficult to hear in ourselves, but they take a form of, I never get it right, right? Never, right? She's always so negative, right? Here's the overgeneralization. He never apologizes. He's so proud, right? So it's, just, it's a label. It's a generalization about somebody. School just isn't for me, right? Once again, generalizing. You always put me second. I must not mean anything to you. My relationships always end in trauma. I always pick the wrong people. Remember that the brain's job is to protect you, protect you by making associations. This is an example of how the brain simply takes an event, especially a painful one, and transmutes it as a never-ending pattern. As we recognize this brainful tendency, you can begin to override it by mindfully conversing with our brain and telling it not to overgeneralize something. The brain will do what we tell it to do especially what we teach it to do over time. And in this case, it's no different. As you become more mindfully, more mindful and aware, you'll be able to see the brain's, this brain's natural tendency to create these generalizing associations. And we will simply override the machine, right? Our brain with our divine intelligence and understanding. You can begin to do this today and now by consciously changing your language and removing these absolutes always, never, everything, all the time and every time from it. This, that's one way you can fix this pattern. You can also remove this labeling language, right? I'm this or I'm just this and people are just that and everybody's this, right? Because because when we generalize people and ourselves, we do that by putting people into boxes and that's just not the truth. We're so much more than that. And that's realistic. That's not just a cliche phrase. Unless we become mindful and deliberate with our language, we will find ourselves constantly slipping into this demoralizing, overly judgmental, and very hurtful pattern of communicating with ourselves and others. 
as we become aware of our language, the things that are coming out of our mouth, right? The language that's coming out of our mouth and the natural tendency that our brain has to create these generalizations, we can train our brain to communicate and to be more accurate, realistic, flexible, and hopeful instead of not. This overgeneralization or generalizing, the basic message of it is, especially when we're communicating with our spouse or our children, what's really communicated is this. Look, you sucked then, you suck now, and you're always going to suck. Man, and that type of conversation, that type of communication is so, it's killer. It just kills our efforts. It kills us because we end up thinking, man, there's nothing we can do that will ever be good enough for this person. Doesn't matter if I try. Doesn't matter if I do good here and there. It doesn't matter because when somebody says, you always do this or you never do this, that's what we're saying is it doesn't matter what you do. You're always going to suck. It's never going to be sufficient. So let's fix this in ourselves and fix our own relationships. And of course, we need to say this about ourselves as well, don't we? We need to fix the way that we communicate to ourselves about ourselves. Okay, last one. And this is one of, oh my gosh, this is such a classic. This is such classic brain stuff. But this one is stop filtering. And filtering is also called confirmation bias. And man, do we ever do this? Oh my word. Filtering or confirmation by it really refers to the blinders or lenses that we see life through. These blinders filter or limit the information that is coming in from the outside world in order to magnify or confirm our current beliefs and paradigms and minimize the stimulant that opposes our current assumptions. Now, that was a little bit of a mouthful, but this is just such classic brain stuff. As you become aware of your brain's proclivity to filter the information that you are receiving, you can then begin to mindfully process or expand your perspective and remove those blinders. As you do this, you will begin to see more of life, your own actions and the behavior of others more completely and accurate. You'll become more objective and begin to see things as they really are instead of as mere reflections of what your brain believes is going on. Filtering is everywhere. Your filtering, your confirmation bias is everywhere. I'm riddled with it. And if you become a bit more mindful, you will discover that you are too. You can. It can begin with a simple declaration like, my job sucks, followed by the brain focusing on gathering information to confirm that paradigm, that idea. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just want you to realize that's what happens. When we make declarations like that, like my job sucks, or Mondays suck, or I'm just not a Monday morning person, or I just hate sports, or I'm just no good at test taking, or I'm just no good at school. The moment we say that, our brain begins to look for ways to confirm that statement to us. Oh my gosh, our brains are, our brains are so good at this. 
the moment that we begin to think about it. Another example is, imagine us saying like, man, my spouse just doesn't care at all. The moment we do that, our brain goes and does our bidding, which in this case, it means to go investigate and find evidence to back this claim. I sometimes tell people that our brain is kind of like a dog chasing a stick or a tennis ball, right? It would be like me, like I'm standing in front of my dog. My dog loves to do this, right? And I'll throw the ball and my dog goes and gets it and brings it back to me. And then I throw the ball and it goes and gets the ball and brings it back to me. Well, the same thing happens with our brain. When we throw out a statement like, man, I just suck at life, our brain will go get it and confirm that message back to us. When it says, my, my spouse just doesn't give a crap about me, guess what? Our brain will go and fetch that and find evidence to confirm that that's true and then reaffirm that back to you. Or when we think that I'm worthless or life is so hard or I just can't do this anymore or people are so stupid or California drivers are just the worst or Utah drivers are the worst. There's just no hope for me or for us. You see the problem we get into, right? I hope you can see and you can now begin to recognize these statements inside of you and how problematic they can become because the moment that we begin to think that way, our brain begins to confirm and filter the information that's coming in to confirm that message to you. We do this all the time. We tell our brains to filter things for us constantly, and sure enough, it will do it, and it won't stop unless we catch it, right? So catching and monitoring ourselves is essential in order for you to prevent the poisoning and self-betraying that unconsciously occurs when your brain begins to filter. Your efforts to mindfully recognize and extract these viruses and begin to interact with life in a more curious, complete, and objective way is a worthy task and one that will allow you to respond better instead of reacting, right? To become more compassionate, to be more dynamic instead of rigid, and to be a student of life instead of being a defensive know-it-all, right? Okay, I hope these have been helpful to you. Think of this as almost like a little spring cleaning for your brain, right? But as you do this, you begin to see life through a new and unencumbered eye, right? Our perspective will be better. It'll be fuller, right? You will become more aware of the forces that are at play internally and become better able to gently shift them so that they benefit you and the relationships around you. And you'll be able to get out of this obsessive and hyper-focused ruts that our brain gets into and instead, instead discover the wide open roads of a mindful existence instead of a brainful existence. Anyways, I hope this week allows you to recognize these patterns and I hope that you become better and better at stopping your mind reading, your generalizations, your confirmation bias, and all these other ones that I talked about. Happy cleaning and have a happy week. And I'll see you in a few days.